Man, it is a new day and a new stream of thought, and today on episode number 62, we have something very special going on. We traveled back to Second City, and we interviewed Ron DeSico, who Victor had met through his acting class, and man, does this guy who hails from Detroit, Michigan, have a story to tell. It's a funny guy. Very talkative, very enjoyable to be around, and yeah, I met Ron in the acting lab at Second City. He had expressed interest in coming on to the podcast, and obviously we had no problem with that. We definitely loved sitting down and hanging out with him, getting to know him a little bit more, but um, yeah, he came from Detroit. He did a lot of stand-up, has a background in that, came to Chicago in pursuit of acting, and we just sat Apparently down and just had a great singer, time. too, so yeah. some interesting stories around yeah. that. He had auditioned for American Idol at one point. Oh, man. That, is, that story unfolds, and it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, so with that being said, episode number 62 with Ron DeSico. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> Song that never ends. Yeah, because uh, it was the song yeah. that never ends. How are you referring to it? Our, our, yeah. Yeah, our sound issues. Just, <laughs> yeah, it really always is. Something there's going always something going on. I'm assuming on. you ran the sound check, right? Yeah, there. yeah, okay, I, did cool. I did that. I did that. I did that. So, what have you been up to since that, being done with the lab? I wish I lived an exciting life. I, don't. I had an audition today, though, for a play. Really? Yeah, I just came from there, which was like, like the, the audition itself was like two minutes long. Did, did you like do uh, Oh, you did monologue? Okay. And then they had me read, like, not even read, like, say this, like, a little sentence, but do it like your drunk dad who just came home from work or something like yeah, that. Yeah, weird stuff like that. <laughs> and I, like, did it. And they're like, okay, and I'll do this and this something else. They're like, all right, thanks for letting you know. And I was like, I thought it went pretty good, though. It was, like, That's my good. first actual audition outside of Second City. Cool. That, like,. Well, that, one of the, I mean, one of the questions that I that I keep having over in my head is, especially when you're trying to do, you know, character acting or whatever, like be a drunk dad. Like, yeah. I'm assuming you're not a drunk dad who yeah. has kids, right? So it's like you got to tap into your you, inner yeah. drunk dad. How, how do you tap into an experience that you have no conception of what that's like at all? And I, I've I've never actually asked Victor that, but I'm interested in what either of you guys have to. I say like. On that. I feel like, especially now. I try to be more alert to other people and, like, other people's experiences or other people's... So, like, behaviors yeah. and, like... So then, hopefully, there. I can have something locked back in there, like, oh, yeah, this kind of reminds me of Bob, so I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, if you have time to prepare for it, it's different. But if they're just, like, do you try this, YouTube it's like, all right, how am I going to... Drunk dads coming home to their kids. I mean, you do all the research you can do, but, again, like, if it's on the fly, it's like you take a thing, like, okay, how am I going to pull this out of my ass? Like, yeah. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll just try it like this. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, what's the feedback like? Do you guys get feel like you get honest feedback when you do, or is it more congratulatory feedback of, like, way to go, you did, <laughs> you did awesome, you made it through? What do you think? I don't know. I feel like in class sometimes I felt like, just be honest with me, dude. Like, if it sucked, let me know. Yeah. But I always kind of felt was, like, it was like, no, that was good, but you did this. But I'm like, but be straight up. <laughs> Don't tell me like, like it was good. If it, like, if it was okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tell me the, whole, was, the compliment sandwich, yeah. right? Where it's but in, in the real world, like, there's just so many people auditioning. They're not going to spend time on your feedback. It's like, okay, well, you thank you. Or like, okay, we have, we have like enough. That who can I'm, I'm assuming assess your I've given you yeah, some no what I'm saying like if you're going I know I'm saying if you're going on an audition 
Oh, kind of casting oh your okay. Ideas. Okay. It, so it's, it's is just, that different than the normal just, acting process going on an audition? Going on an audition? I mean, going like wouldn't it be about the same as like how you normally act? It's it's. I don't it's know. A, I, I'm I feel like different animal casting people past. are like very uh, politician-y. Or oh, really? Like they had they put on that face like, yeah. The stoic like we're yeah. not gonna we're not gonna say if we like it or not. No, yeah, my like, one of my instructors yeah. is a casting director, and she was like, "Hey, we're doing a podcast. Say hi real quick." <laughs> oh, you want it now? Yeah. No, you're fine. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay. Um, that was our instructor, Michael Peeper. The Michael Peeper. The goat. Uh, we, yeah, the goat. What were we just... Oh, no. my I had a, an instructor who is a casting director, and she said, yeah, if you walk into the room and people are very, you know, stone-faced, like, don't take that personally. Just remember that they're doing this, you know, for probably... You're probably the 400th per- person they've seen. It's been 12 hours, and they are just very business-oriented and just want to get on to the next one. So it's nothing that you've done personally. Yeah. It's just like, okay, thank you, we have enough. That doesn't mean they suck. It just means they have enough and you're good. I, uh, a couple of years ago, I auditioned for American Idol. Like, oh, I'm, no I'm, way. I'm not like a, I'm not a terrible singer, but I'm also not like an amazing singer. But yeah. I was like, you know what, like, why not? Yeah. Like, what, what season? Um, it was like this, like eighth season, I think, or something like okay, that. Okay, so God, that would have been like, yeah, what, like five years ago, ago or yeah. so, seven years ago. So... It was at Ford Field, which was like the Lions Field. Um, like 20,000 people were there. And so I was there all... I got there at 5 in the morning. So that's what that's what time they told you to get there. Yeah. But I didn't end up getting, like, actually auditioned until, like, 6 o'clock at night. Like, I was there no all day. Oh, my goodness. But you can tell... Did, were you anticipating that? Or was this just, like... I See, like, I kind of was anticipating it, but not to that extent. I was that's like, insane. okay. Yeah, so, but... Finally, I get cut. It's just like a like a line on the field. Like everybody's sitting in the stands, mm-hmm. and then they start bringing like gradually, little by little. So you're just lined up on the field with like a desk of people, mm-hmm. and so you can hear the like four or five people ahead of you of their audition mm-hmm. and hear what they say. And by that time, because those people have been there since probably three in the morning, you know. The, oh, like, so the people judges, got there. Oh, yeah, oh, to set up to wow. set up and oh shit. my goodness. So. She could tell that they were just so annoyed already that they were been there all day because there was people ahead of me that were like phenomenal singers, like amazing, and I was like, wow. And they'd be like, yeah, uh, maybe try again next year. And then just, no I'd be like, Whoa. so are these? People, <laughs> so they just these, cut it off, yeah. like, like we're gonna crush your dreams in this one <laughs> sentence. Uh, sorry, we're talking. Well, are yeah. these people that you need to get through before you get to the yeah, like, real ju- judges just like, on TV? That's how I've understood it. Yeah, yeah. these are just like, like an audition before the audition. Yeah, these are just like I'm assuming like maybe producers or right. like yes, or yeah, they see some like goofy dumbass. They're like, all right, we'll let you. You're yeah. you're the type they want on TV yeah. for ten seconds because there were people like that outside waiting. They were like dressed up like freaking chickens or like yeah. just like pimps and like just like you could tell it was a total character yeah and you can see when they when they get like the like golden ticket they hand you a paper and you kind of go this way and the people that don't get to go this way yeah you so can i'm see those characters going of, this of people oh, yeah. like leaving <laughs> and then the golden ticket every people. once in a while somebody would cut off that way and you could see the character people like and i'm like dude there's no way that guy was a good singer that was just like yeah Total really? So it tended to be more characters. Yeah, to show up with a top hat and a clock <laughs> yeah. around your head. <laughs> That's so. I mean, I'm. It must be such. I wonder if like some of the producers or people that do that um, 
do that must be like gosh like this sucks because now at that point it becomes so popular yeah. as opposed to like maybe the first oh, one yeah. or two or three see i mean it was super popular right off the bat but like yeah. then you have it kind of changed where people realize well if i'm just a dumbass i can get on yeah TV. exactly i imagine like the first two maybe even three seasons especially the first one was probably legitimately people who believe they could sing mm-hmm. they found out there's a singing competition sweet this is my opportunity so they go and then after like the second, third, second, it was like anybody who thought that they could pull off something, they were like, hey, yeah. I'm going. Like, I'll take the day off work and go make an idiot myself. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so how did you enter the day where you, like, I'm just going to be an authentic me and Pretty try much, and be yeah. the best singer that I can? Or you, okay. So That's no, what I see. no, no, no character yeah, development tried, or anything like, like that? I, like, uh, I've got, you know, I, I, I murdered a person and <laughs> stole their voice and now I can sing with their voice. I feel like that. Could I tried like, and when I told my family, like, I think I'm going to go audition for American Idol, and they're like, "Yeah, cool," but they're all, all of them are like, "You should have like a character or something." I'm like, "No, I'm not going to like, I'm not going <laughs> to dumb totally myself down." Had a but then, like, oh, my, when I was there in line, I'm like, oh, "I should have totally did a character. I fucked up." <laughs> you had 13 hours. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Like, oh, wow, but, wow, yeah. That's... But one thing I will say, <laughs> it might be a little bad, but whatever. So, I, uh, cause you have to fill out, like, this sheet, a background sheet, like, where you're from, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, what would make you a unique contestant, blah, blah, blah. So, I put down, I mean, it's not a fake story, like, I, I'm a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. So, I put it down thinking, like, this is my goal. This is it. This I'm is in. it, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a cancer survivor. Like, they gotta yeah, let yeah. me in. Yeah. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that's good, though. That's good, though. Yeah, you like, distinguish yourself. Yeah. If you have that characteristic yeah. that makes you stand wow. out. Yeah. Like, oh. even as something like, like that. And, and originally, I didn't want, like... I wouldn't think like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy in it like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crutch on that and then I looked around <laughs> yeah. and I was feeling like yeah I'm putting uh, that down, no, no. <laughs> putting that down cancer sure. flamingo yeah you know maybe yeah. they'll see something similar yeah yeah wow that's man so afterwards did you feel like that was in and uh, time well spent or was it just like <laughs> eh, take it or leave it it was like it was an experience for sure like I didn't regret going. Because I feel like that's a damn good story to whip out of yeah, parties and oh, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, walking out, I seemed like, like, I looked at my phone, like, Jesus Christ, I've been here all day. <laughs> but then I was like, you know, like, how many people can, like you said, can was say, like... Was it outdoors or indoors? It was so we had to oh, wait that's... outside for, like, two hours. And then they opened the doors at, like, 7 a.m. And then we all piled into, and they sectioned off the stadium, like, this okay. this first group, second group. But each group had five, 6,000 people, like, per... I was like, Jesus. What time of the year was it? Was it uh, spring or was it? Was it was like early spring. Okay. So it was so still kind of cold out in the morning. I, yeah. Yeah. In wow. Michigan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Detroit. Yeah. But it was like Ryan Seacrest was there and everything. He oh, came, really? He was walking through the crowd Oh, outside, really? So, so that wasn't. People and so shit. you actually yeah. did get to see that because yeah. I wondered if that's that sort of thing that, you know, maybe the dozen people that he passes before get <laughs> yeah. to see him or something like that, but they actually put him out there. Yeah. He was actually there. Like a legitimate, like you know, uh, cheerleader. Or yeah, something. yeah, because then uh, he was talking to people outside the stadium in the morning, like, hey, how's, how's everybody doing? Just kind of shaking hands. And then when we got in, he had a mic, and he just, like, the whole, like, stereotypical, like, the next American Idol could be in this room right yeah. now. Yeah. 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 Freaking out. 
And then he probably left and went I, like <laughs> yeah. I would like to see him behind closed doors, like, gosh, got another fucking scene. Yeah, for <laughs> real, dude. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. I feel like he's <clears throat> the definition of vanilla, because he's probably one of the most <laughs> powerful talk show hosts out there, one of the wealthiest talk show hosts <clears throat> out there, and no one has ever had these sort of behind-the-scenes stories of, wow, this guy's a jackass. Because you normally yeah. hear that, you know, whispers behind the scenes of, like, this isn't a pleasant person to be around. You just don't hear anything about him. He's just, no, like, a black just like kind of guy. There. Like, he's yeah. nice, he's friendly, but he's not, like, a Chris Hardwick. He's not, yeah. like, a, you know, People, you never, extrovert type. You never hear, like, extreme bad or extreme good. No, no, it's, it's just, just a, like, oh, my God, I met Ryan Seacrest. He's the greatest guy alive. Like, exactly. It was it's just, just like, like, he's a guy. Yeah, he's you know, cool. He's there was, <laughs> the, in the first season, that he in the first season of that show, there was another host. They were, there yeah. were two of them. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and then the man. other guy just You're bringing back memories. Yeah. Back, what, 2000? This is 2002. Two. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 15 years 16, ago. 16 years yeah. ago. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if they knew going in, like this first year is two of us, but next year is like, <laughs> the, hunger, the knew, Hunger Games like, of American Idol. Or, <laughs> yeah. Games or maybe yeah. they both thought that they were going to be co-hosts, and then but the producers like what they don't know is only one. Like one that scene in that one scene gets in Batman when he breaks the pool sick, like there's a spot on the team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man, so. Uh, I was telling Ricks because he was like, I don't think I've met Ron, but um, I was telling him that you've done a little bit of stand-up, yeah. too. Have you, now that we're done with the lab, found more time to pursue that, or is that just something that you kind of like to do sometimes when you have Honestly, free time? Honestly, like, um, when I moved here, because all I did back home was stand-up, mm. um, but I wanted to be an actor, so I told my family and friends, like, I'm moving out to Chicago to take acting classes at Second City. Their first reaction was, that's yeah, great. There's tons of stand-up comedy clubs out there. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure there are, but yeah. that's not why I'm going out there. Yeah. Um, but then once I started, like, the acting class in the lab, stand-up, like, was completely, like, thrown to the side because it was, like, okay. so much work to, like, to, like, my my dad wants me to be a stand-up comedian. Like, there's no doubt oh, about wow. it. Oh, wow, so you have a lot of family encouragement then yeah. for this Yeah, like, field. he, my that's dad, great. my family as a whole loves stand-up comedy, so my dad loves that I did stand-up. And even to this day when I talk to him on the phone, like, yeah, I did this, or yeah, class is going good. Yeah, did you do any, you've done any stand-up shows? <laughs> 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 like, you should still keep doing that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, but now that it's over, I have been trying to write a little more stand-up and get back into it a little more full-time, especially because there's this show at Netflix, Jerry Seinfeld's uh, uh, riding in, comedians riding comedians in cars riding getting coffee. Cars. I love that show. And I just started yeah. watching it, and I love it. It's incredible. And it's like, seeing all these comedians and like talking I'm like man I should I probably should get back into it <laughs> but the thing that killed me with stand up especially back home which is different from improv a wholly different world is the improv community it's a community like they're very like like uh, a lot of great solidarity job, God, yeah, a lot of yeah. I was like oh my god that was a great stand up is not <laughs> <laughs> just like that yeah, that's what stand-up is. <laughs> yeah. Like, if anyone heard that. It is like when the, when another person comes into like the green room, but behind they're like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, there's another one of these fucking guys. Yeah. It's like not, like, there's not cutthroat. Right. Yeah, I, I did a show one time. So I, this, a friend of mine, his friend owned a bar. They just opened it and they wanted to do like a comedy night to open it up. So he asked me to, to do it and I'm like, yeah, sure. So of course I, I like post on Facebook all my friends, family, anybody that wants to come, like, I'm doing a show this day at this time, blah, blah, blah. So, like, 40, 50 people come, like, to see me. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the bar itself wasn't very big, so like majority of the people there were probably to see me. So then, I mean, it was great. But then I did an open mic like a month later, and one of the other comedians that was there when he saw me, he was like, "What, you bring fifty people with you again?" <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Like, well, is it bad that I have people that enjoy to come see me? Like <laughs> a negative, like a jealous light yeah, or it something. Was like, so it was not a friendly, no, like, it was like, like a, thing, or no, it was like totally like. Like, hostile. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. Really? And I was like, wow, dude. Like, but wow. that's how it always was. Was that your sur- sort of first, like, slap to the face kind of thing yeah. in the comedy world of, like, oh, I guess there's competition out yeah. there and people aren't always as nice as they yeah, might Yeah, no, seem. not at all. Wow. So what's, like, what's your preference, then, for comedy style? Is it is it stand-up or um, is it... I... Honestly, I just started doing stand-up back home just, just to do it. Like, just to kind of add to the resume... And like I said, my dad, my family, they all love stand-up. I grew up watching stand-up. So I was like, this would be cool to do. Um, so I did it. I tried it. I took a class. And then at the end of the class, they had a showcase show at this this like huge comedy club like where like Tim Allen got like his first like gig. It was like Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Oh, okay. So it's, a big, it's like a really big club in Michigan. So I do it. I do my set, like my first set ever. And the teacher comes up and he says... Hey, I need you. I need you to come with me. I need you to introduce somebody who wants to meet you. I'm like, all right, cool. And he's, I'm like, who? And he's like, Mark Ridley, like the guy who owns the comedy club. Right. And I was like, what? So I go up and it's like this older guy, and he's like dressed real nice, obviously, just kind of hanging out in the back. Mm-hmm. And he shakes man. He's like, that was the best amateur set I've ever seen. I want you to come back and do another show. And I was like, what? So then from that point on. After that show, also, somebody else had hit me up and said, we have a competition coming up next week. Um, would you like to be in it? The winner of, like, the whole bracket, like, this is the first round, but the ultimate prize is we send you out to L.A. to perform at the Comedy Store and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, sure, I'll go do it. So I go to the first round. I win the first round. I win the second round. I win the third round. I go to the finals, and I came in, like, third, but... Like I'm in the finals with these guys that have been doing stand up for like. So they sen- years. did they send you out or no? Did you, did you have to win the finals? You had to win then, the finals okay, before you okay. went out there. Yeah. So, but I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm in these finals with these guys who've been doing comedy for like 15 years, and I'm like, this is like my sixth show ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. How long are these sets that you guys are doing in uh, this competition? Usually, like anywhere from five to like seven minutes. Okay. Usually, like the happy medium was like six minutes. Um which is good because I, I can – people think, like, six minutes, that's a long time. But in all reality, when you're doing – like, you're trying to tell a story or doing a bit, it's it really isn't that long No, people complain about that. But really, yeah. it's a, if you have some – if you have a purpose and a goal in yeah. mind, it's like you got to cram a lot in there. Yeah. Right? So when I first came to Chicago, I looked up a club, like an open mic. I'm like, let me just do an open mic. And I looked it up, and they said, two minutes. You get two minutes yeah, open mic, oh zero goodness. time for anything. <laughs> I'm like, like warm up time right yeah, there. Yeah, like, what yeah. am I supposed to say in two minutes? <laughs> and it was ridiculous. I don't even think I ended up, I ended up doing it because I'm like, well, I need to like take my material and like just chop it and like. Wow, oh, yeah, that sounded like quite an undertaking. <laughs> oh my goodness! So each stage, were you like pretty confident you were going to move on, or were you thinking like, cross my fingers, kind of? The, oh. So the the first the first round for sure. I was, like, one of the last people to go on. And, like, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, 
think I got this. Like, I've heard these other okay, people go. Okay. I think I'm good. First round was good. Second round, I felt like, hey, I think I should be good. But then the third and fourth round, I was like, holy shit, these guys are good. Like, these are people that, like, made it this far for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then the finals, in all reality, I was more confident in the finals than I was for, like, some of the other rounds. Because I was like, oh, I think I did a really good set. Like, yeah. I got some really good reaction. And, like, but, and they just end up picking somebody else was it all new material each time or was yeah it i did well that's the oh, one thing wow. that that kind of uh i guess it, it's on me um i i did new material every time but some guys that i would that i would see at the other rounds they did the same material from round one to the finals like they just kept doing the same thing and i i'd kind of said something to one of the people running the contest like hey like don't you think it's like should be kind of like bonus points if you're doing different stuff every time like these people are doing the same five minutes every time like like why should that that should be like they should have more of an arsenal mm-hmm. but they're then they didn't look at it that way they just looked at it who's got the best fucking five minutes okay so it was yeah. based off of like the crowd reaction like is yeah. that how they like was there a set of judges or something there was or? judges and there was there was like judges throughout the club they didn't let you know who was a judge Oh, like, so it was incognito judges. judging. Yeah. Interesting. Incognito judging. And then they also took uh, an audience vote. But the judging, I think, was the more... Like, they took an audience vote just to kind of see, like, yeah. okay, where are they Yeah, at? if there was somebody who sort of, like, took the room or something, yeah. they'd, they'd get to see that. Yeah. But interesting. So so did the, all the judges, like, get up and, like, confer afterwards? Or, I mean, how does that work? I don't know how yeah, the Yeah, so, like, um, as far as I know... They tried not to sit them, like, at the same table to make it, like, yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think they kind of, like, because we were all sitting in the back just kind of, like, hanging out. And then another, like, professional community came out during their, like, communication time to, like, kill time, like, tell jokes, keep the crowd going. I think they kind of, like, went to, like, a back room and, like, conver- converse. Oh, okay, so they did sort of, yeah. like, you know, disappear at yeah. some point in the night. And then come back. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Did did you guys know that going up, or was it, like, you shared that information amongst yourselves, the, the comedian, or everyone who's doing stand-up? Did you guys, like, was that inside information, or was that told to you beforehand, like, we're coming in, like, there's going to be judges in the audience? Like, oh, they, what was the they, deal? They had, they had told us, like, right when we got there. Like, as we're walking in, like, hey, we got judges in the crowd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is on the same night, but each round in the No, final, like, each or... each round was, uh, like, maybe a month or two, like... Oh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. A month or two in between in rounds? In between, yeah. So it was, wow. like, almost how like a... How many people were... Do you have any idea how I many mean, people were... Probably, like, maybe a hundred, like, from the, from the beginning up until, like, the final. Damn. Yeah. So this was, like, uh, everyone in the area, all the comedians in the area would know that this is going on. Yeah, like yeah, that. like, and I was seeing, like, that was one thing that was cool was I was seeing the same comedians every once in a while, like, doing Did you events. go to different spots or different, like, was it the it same was, spot? It was all night? at the same, like, main club, the okay. uh, Joey's Comedy Club or whatever And they just scheduled people sort of yeah. randomly. And then they had uh, a couple people that, um... Pick, like handpicked like if they saw a comedian that they like like how I got you like hey we have a contest we'd like you to come be a part of it and then like stuff like that okay and this is Detroit right yeah what, are there any like famous comedian stand up comedians from Detroit <laughs> I don't know like I don't know comedy well like well, so. um I like, just know of Tim Allen yeah like Tim Allen um yeah. Ke- uh Keegan Michael Key is from Royal Oak Michigan. Uh, the guy from Key and Peele. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he that went... That makes total sense because um, he did Get Out, right? Yeah. Or was that 
That was, uh, that was Jordan. That, that was, was Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Yeah, yeah Jordan Keegan Peele Michael Key. But Keegan, okay, interesting. Because I thought that, yeah, Get Out was based in Michigan, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So, that's interesting. I wonder if their partnership had anything yeah. to do with the, the staging of the area. Yeah. Okay, so Tim Allen and Peele. As far as I know. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. But is, is is there a, like a local community? Because obviously people sort of talk and know each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. When you were at that final stage, was it like, oh, these are kind of the the people who are locally known as yeah. the stand up comedian? Yeah, as a stand. Yeah, group. like I started to get to know some of the people that were like regularly getting shows and doing shows around the the city. So was there anybody that may have been like hostile towards you, and then they're like, oh, this he's okay, and then they're like <laughs> nice to you, or like. There was, uh, I always got, (laughs) um, a very, (laughs) like, nonchalant good job. Like, they didn't want to tell me good job because they were just, like, too, too, like, ego. Yeah. But I'd come back off my set and I did a good set and they'd be like, yeah, that was good, man. Good job. (laughs) The begrudging respect of a post-performance. Wow. Because, I mean, I feel like, I I don't know, and Victor, you've been to L.A. Have have you been to L.A.? No. I mean, it feels like the sort of, you have L.A., New York as sort of the epicenters of stand-up and comedy and stuff like that. Yeah. But the reality is is that everywhere across everywhere, the country yeah. has sort of these hubs of, but it's very localized, right? It's, yeah. It's very regional. So yeah. if, if there's a popular person from Michigan, for example, like Michiganders might know them but no yeah, one else no, no yeah. one else in the country is gonna know whereas if you're a star in la or new york people are gonna but know you if nationally you are coming up in michigan or you're coming up in chicago or you're wherever you are i believe eventually you need to make the move to yeah. establish yourself in betrayal betrayal of your your homegrown <laughs> roots man people people no need it's that not support. that i mean it's just there's once you get to a certain level you need to yeah no, realize I mean, that you've exhausted all the resources in that particular area and the next step is to go to one of those yeah. two cities yeah well that and that's why i feel like a lot of my family assumed that's what i was doing when i moved to chicago oh, i was like taking the, that the next jump, step yeah. like oh he's done with michigan he's going to chicago um but it really wasn't why I came out here. I mean, I, I do I do love stand up. I enjoy doing it. Um, I enjoy stand up way more than I enjoy doing improv mm-hmm. because I know what I'm doing. Yeah, like I know what I have to say. I have manner with different points I got to hit. Where improv is just like, okay, what's gonna happen tonight? <laughs> I think I well, I still need to work on coming up with some bits. But ever since uh, while we were doing the lab, I was like, well, now. That I have more time after the lab, I'm going to work on coming up with some yeah. bits, and I'm like super self conscious on like I don't know if this is funny. I think it's hilarious, yeah. and I make myself laugh. But then what I've realized since I've gained interest in that, like I'll watch comedians, who, no matter who it is, and you'll realize the thing they say on paper it doesn't really seem that funny, yeah. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. So you don't have to really like. I'm just like in my head a little bit too much yeah. on um, like what's funny, what's not. Yeah. But that's I imagine well, why you have to work out material and just yeah, do the exactly. same thing over and over and over to figure yeah, out and figure how out to because say there it. was I've done joke not that I've done a crazy amount of shows because I really didn't I didn't do as much stand up as I probably should have especially considering I was like going through this competition, um, but there was jokes that would kill one night. I think like, that's my go to joke, dude. Like whenever I want to get laugh, I'll go to that, and then I do it again another night. Nothing. <laughs> no, I'm like, what, dude? This is <laughs> yeah, nothing. Very interesting. But the one thing I will say, because I I I had taken the class at that Mark Ridley's, because it was 
I, it was just like the, how the internet, if you're looking things up, suddenly like things start popping up on yeah. the side. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Illuminati. Yeah. Club. yeah, so I was like, whatever, I'll click on it. And it was only like 180 bucks or something like that for like eight weeks. And the teacher, Bill Bouchard, amazing, was like the greatest comedian like I've ever like. Is a stand-up class? Yeah. Okay. And he was he was amazing because he told us the first day like I I can't teach you how to be funny like it's just not it's not possible either you're funny or you're not funny but I can teach you how to write bits and how to put things together and how to how to how to take what you think is funny and turn it into a routine mm. so it would just be like literally us standing up on stage and he'd say do you have anything you want to work on and most of the time you'd be like no because you have no idea <laughs> and then he would just kind of start rattling off like what'd you do today oh did you go to work anything at work piss you off and you'd start just rambling on just like pretty much venting and then he'd help you like what if you took that and you said this about it and then we started talking about what you said before and he would just kind of help you like maneuver it into like okay now this is a joke instead of me just venting about how terrible my day was seeing the humor in the day-to-day Occurrences that's what I need to figure out how to do because when I vend, I think it's funny, yeah, but I need to figure out how to craft it. Yeah, no one else thinks it's funny. Well, but the <laughs> thing is, too, is um, for me, when I write my stuff, because when I first started writing, now I was so worried, like, I'm, a, I'm kind of a goofy guy, so my humor might not be what everybody else's humor is. Yeah. I gotta make all these people laugh, but then I started thinking, like, you know what, whatever, if I think it's funny, yeah, it's gotta be somebody else out there who probably thinks it's funny. So I just started writing stuff that I thought was funny, yeah, and just kind of hope for the best. Do you ever have a moment where you're doing stand-up where you're doing your routine and, like, nobody's laughing except there's, like, one or two people that continue to laugh at every little thing but everyone <laughs> else just, like, isn't? Yeah, like, I, uh, so I, uh, I hosted a show. Ridley's asked me to come host a show. So I, I get there. I'm expecting to be, like, the MC. Pretty much you open up the show. Then you kind of introduce the comics. I get there with that intention, like, okay, I got a good solid couple minutes in the beginning. I get there, and they're like, hey, we also need you to close the show. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, do you, have an, do, do you have an extra 15 minutes of material oh my God. Um, on top of your five minutes that we asked you to have? And I just said yes because right. I wasn't going to be yeah. like, no. Uh, which I did. I thought in myself, like, I probably could drag some of this out, you know, a little longer. Um, so my, my, I opened up fine, introduced everybody, but then there was nobody else to introduce me as the closing act. Mm-hmm. So it was just like I came up, all right, guys, give it a round of applause for you know everybody tonight. And then they wanted me to just go into my material. <laughs> and I could tell the crowd didn't know what was going on. They just thought I was kind of, like for the first three minutes, they just thought I was still up there talking yeah. like about randomness. Then they realized, like, oh, shit, this guy's doing a stand-up routine. <laughs> so, like, five minutes in, I was like, nobody's laughing. He said a couple people that, like, kind of realized, like, oh, yeah. this guy's a comedian, too. And then I was like, oh, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> Have you ever had to deal with hecklers? No, I've had a couple people that, like, uh, will just, like, not heckle, but you can tell. It annoys me. You can see, like, they just refuse to laugh mm-hmm. at anything. They're just, like, up there just straight face, like, <laughs> this guy I'm like yeah. dude you're at a comedy show yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you can like laugh dude <laughs> like it's have fine a <laughs> have a couple of drinks yeah. <laughs> they're just like and like their wife's like loving it and they're just like pissed at their wife's loving it like if I was dragged to this this guy's fucking making my wife laugh yeah. too now yeah well I mean that's that, 
the more that you that I hear about experiences doing stand up, the more the more similarities that I see between like my experience in the ministry, right? Uh-huh. Is that you you're dealing with a congregation, some of whom are engaged, some of whom are just there because just to, yeah. you know, it's it's routine, right? And they're supposed to, you know, be there. And it's always that question of like how do you engage pastors have a lot of uh, respond I think in very similar ways to comedians when it comes to dealing yeah. with the various types of congregations or audiences yeah. that you might have and so for <laughs> some pastors will get up and I think a lot of comedians are like this too and they'll just do their bit like regardless yeah, just, of yeah. they won't read the room at all they're just gonna get through it and yeah. like power through it <laughs> like, like we I, there was an instance where I went to a church and there was somebody who had like a heart attack in the middle of the, the what? And, and this pastor just kept going like, <laughs> going and eventually someone, oh, God, someone, someone, someone literally had to stand up in the congregation like uh, could we get someone called 911 <laughs> and, um, and they just stopped and it's just like oh and then they walked down and helped, but then got up and continued like, no, <laughs> it's just like when, you know, you have those, it's just like someone's so oblivious of the, the room, but what makes it come so alive is like, I, I like ministers who like to insert humor into yeah, the, into the sure. sermon and stuff like that and try to engage the congregation because, you know, and a lot of times it's just the, the sort of obvious realization in the room. Like if there's somebody yeah. like coughing, you know, incessantly or something like that, not to point that person out or anything like that, but just to be, you know, to be able, if you're, if you have a chance to diffuse the sort of like anxiety in the room is what yeah. a lot of ministers call it, where there's, there's some, you know, maybe the sound issues, you know, there's like the sound keeps crackling or something like that, or someone's being really disruptive. It's like just to be able to acknowledge the disruption in the room yeah. allows people to just, breathe easy and be like oh they know they know what's going on too yeah. like and they're not worried about it they're they acknowledge it and moved on like we will too and yeah it sort of brings them back so and i don't I, know if that's the way that no for sure and i for myself at least i believe comedians and ministers I, the best ones to me in both are the ones that make it look like they're just talking like they're you just know, having a conversation roll with the punches just kind of just kind of going just like even a if they're interacting exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah we're like with comedians, I know there's some of them. The same, where like they have their routine, they hit their punch, and they go just to the next one. Just like, okay, I gotta say this, <laughs> sit this, gotta say this, and I say this, guy, and like it's just not like nothing's gonna interrupt them at all. <laughs> and if you can tell they're totally just like in their head, like next cue card, next index card, like just going through the fucking yes, <laughs> yeah. And then those that sort of, you know, I love, I love those bits that I'll watch it on YouTube, you know, some of these like famous comedic moments and it's those moments where they acknowledge whatever's going on in the room, especially if there's a heckler or something. Yeah. You know, I like it when they're able to do it in a way that doesn't attack the heckler or whatever, but like, regardless, acknowledging any sort of disruption in the room for a comedian is like, oh, you know, there's, they can make it funny. And I think that's the beauty of the comedy is like. Yeah, like, oh, this is kind of annoying. Like, it's really, yeah. well, in the same way that you're talking about, like, well, what was annoying in your day? How do you make that how funny? You make that? Yeah. To train yourself to, to like, instantly to, to, recognize right. yeah. that and transform it into something, like, positive yeah. and consumable. I've seen a comedian one time, this guy, totally drunk guy, like, just gibberish. Does he just said straight up gibberish? Like, yeah. like yelled something out. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Trying to, like, steal the laugh from everybody. Like, oh, I'm funny, too. And the comedian was just like, like he like fake laugh like oh my god that was great I I don't know why I didn't think about that when I wrote the joke. So what are your what are your aspirations like what are your what are your ultimate end goals I, hopes in this like, in this career? I see I I would love to be like an like a film actor that that was like when I moved out here that's what I wanted to pursue like acting as a like as a, just acting, but then obviously doing the class and seeing 
and then also looking back on my stand-up stuff, like, you know what? There's not, like, one way to do it. Mm. There's not, like, one road. They're like, mm-hmm. you just follow this road. This is how, this how you get there. And I was like, you know what? You might, sometimes you have to do a little bit of stand-up. You have to do, a little, like, just a little bit of everything, and then hopefully <laughs> it all kind of meets at that right mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But my end goal would be to be, like, a film actor. Well, like, there was a lot of um, actors well-known in L.A. that uh, they started in theater. Like, uh, yeah. I was listening to a podcast with Denzel Washington, and he was saying how he had failed out of college or something really? like that, and he was working at a like a camp as a counselor or something weird like that. And they did like a they did like a, a sketch, and he's like, "Oh, this was really fun." Yeah, and he I think was doing like theater, and then it's always the same story with people like yeah. this job led to this job and then this job led to here 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 here, and then all of a sudden it's like history so it's like you can try and you know just like Rick was saying you gotta go just go with the flow yeah there's no right way to do it you know there's no straight line you might go off and veer in one direction and then eventually come back well I remember uh, I'm a I'm a big comic book fan so I remember when X-Men first came out and now and they announced Hugh Jackman was playing Wolverine and my Mm, first thought mm -hmm. was who the fuck is Hugh Jackman? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And then I was reading articles and just fans are just ripping down this guy like, fucking, he's a Broadway actor. He's going to play the <laughs> toughest freaking mutant in the fucking world. And I was like, he's a fucking Broadway actor? What? Why would they do that? Yeah. But I didn't know at that time that like most actors do like kind of start in theater and then work their Tom way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of them more than I think we realize. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, But everybody's first reaction was, oh, my God, he's on Broadway. This guy's... What the hell's wrong? Why would they pick this guy? Well, you're a fucking queer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that is so fascinating because I never, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge comic book person myself growing up. And so when they came out with X-Men, I was like, I was so excited. And I never, I had never been very interested in sort of like who was portraying yeah. who. And so when it came out, I'm like, this dude is Wolverine. Yeah, he, yeah. I'm like, whoa, like what? How could they cast such a perfect person? Yeah. And to hear behind the scenes that people who were actually, like, researching who yeah. Hugh Jackman was, like, wait, Broadway? He's going to play the, yeah. the bloodthirsty Wolverine? <laughs> yeah. Like, really? That's so interesting. Cause yeah. Because I would have, if I had heard that ahead of time, like, a Broadway actor is going to play freaking Wolverine. Yeah. I, I probably would have come in with a little skepticism myself. Yeah. But just seeing it straight up, not knowing the backstory, I was just like, yes. I, I love what those stories, perfect. though. Like, when... uh stuff like even like Heath Ledger or like when Michael Keaton got cast as Batman you read all those articles of them like Mr. Mom what yeah, this guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and then it turning out to be like a genius move mm-hmm. yeah. but I love seeing those stories like people just did not like didn't think outside the box like yeah this guy might be pretty talented let's get like, let's they were saying the how with um with with Tom Hanks who the podcast I was listening to with him for the roles he was doing, I can't remember which one changed it, but he he said to himself like, "Yeah, I'm, you know the the that I was almost typecast as kind of like that guy that's just you know kind of a pussy, <laughs> kind of like the oh the poor me type yeah. guy." And he did like a few films, and then I think he said like, "No, I'm not gonna be." He did one film where he didn't he didn't play that kind of guy yeah. and he's like i'm not i'm fucking done with that i'm not yeah that. not doing that anymore and luckily he like made that early enough in yeah. his career where like that didn't like stick with him yeah that's what i'm as far as as getting into acting goes i'm worried about typecasting myself or like and that's probably the reason why mm-hmm. like i told my family at first like 
think I'm going to take a break from stand-up because I don't want to be just known as the stand-up comedian or just a comedy guy. Yeah. And then, like, later on in my career, I try and do, like, a serious movie. And they're like, well, how come this isn't funny? What the hell's wrong with this guy? Yeah. This movie sucks. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I'm not just a comedian. I want to try other things. I think, uh, I remember several years ago, like, 15 or 20 years ago, maybe. I don't know. When I was, like, a kid or teenager, I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, man. Like, once I kind of knew what typecast was, I was like, yeah. oh, well, fuck that. Like, you could just make so much money being the same person <laughs> over and over again. Like, why wouldn't anyone want to do yeah. that? And then, uh, more recently, I realized, like, wow, if I ever, like, did a commercial that became, like, super, super yeah. popular, I think I would limit myself to, like, only doing three different commercials yeah. of that same character because I would never, ever, ever want to end yeah. up, like, flow. Or like that. She makes at guy. least yeah. probably a few yeah. million a year. Or the Verizon. Yeah. Or the Verizon. Yeah. yeah. But they, I would they never want to do that. Like, but, yeah, other pieces. but I would be okay if I was like on a television show for like yeah. eight or ten seasons. Yeah, eight, that'd be totally fine. And yeah. playing the same character oh, really? over. You don't yeah. want to be Fez? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, playing a TV person. Yeah, I mean, mean, David Schwimmer said that. Like after Friends, like oh, yeah. it's even hard for him. Like to yeah, because he's always Ross. Like whenever yeah. people see him, it's like. Well, who is that? Jennifer Aniston, I think, also has that problem. Uh, she's vented her frustrations about always being associated with the show Jennifer Aniston right? yeah. Yeah. yeah all six of them I've never super famous yeah. overnight yeah. when that show happened <laughs> when that show went on air the only thing I would be able to do is uh, if I was ever a superhero I'd, I could be a superhero forever Dude, really? like, I, I oh never God, I always I hear when somebody's like they like Christian Bale or something like I don't want to just be known as Batman forever like why not bro that's Seriously. freaking dope yeah. and that's why <laughs> I feel like we're getting into that age the- now too <laughs> where like actors themselves embrace and appreciate the comic book culture and they're like yeah. are excited to be the superhero they want to be known forever yeah, for in, that yeah in the mcu is like ant-man or something yeah. like that it's like they, they embrace it right yeah i love all the old school well it's different because they're just like different genres of themselves like the, the batman and batman returns with michael keaton and then you have the kind of wacky cartoony <laughs> batmans with yeah. Val kilmer and um, yeah, Clooney. Clooney. yeah i really oh like those people think that they suck you, yeah. you freaking but I, I love those ones I but think of think you. of how just crazy the batman franchise could last if christian bale did a movie like we knocked out joker the scarecrow bane if we can throw in mr freeze and riddler yeah. again in there Poison Ivy, like yeah. oh, like that entire fucking comic book my theory is that yeah. the dcu should have started with the Christopher Nolan Batman. I thought that yeah. should have been the entryway into what, into, like, what it was. It now, was like yeah. a sense of realism in the comics as well. Like I think that's why I liked like Dark Knight favorite movie, like yeah. top one or two movies ever. And that was just because of the realism and like the intensity of the acting and all that. Yeah. Like it was this very like gritty realism. I thought if they built it out from there as opposed to doing this whitewashing, yeah, know, like. Now we, we have a whole new storyline, which I, uh, is collapsing on itself. I read an article after uh, The Dark Knight Rises. I, I don't know if it was like, true. Obviously, it's on the internet, so who, who knows? <laughs> it's it's going to be true. It's, it's on the internet. Yeah. But supposedly, somebody had said that Christopher Nolan had said, I'll make one more Batman movie with Christian Bale if like the world promises to never make another Batman movie ever. And they were like... No, <laughs> like what? <laughs> After the Dark Knight Rises, they were yeah, he, he, yeah. He's talking doing a fourth one, and they and they were like, "Well, no, dude. Like, why would we do that? Why would we agree to that?" But he was like, "No, I'll, I'll make one more, and then I own Batman." <laughs> right? <laughs> no, oh, okay. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with Christopher Nolan owning Batman. But I feel like they they uh, 
like while they were doing the Christopher Nolan Batmans, which were amazing, Marvel was like building this whole universe that like yeah, at the beginning was like, where are they going with this? And then now it's this freaking mega like Well, I was telling Rick's because I remember Avengers you and Infinity Jeff Wars, and um, Greg were, went to go see whatever. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck is going on anymore. <laughs> like I don't know like I have no idea. I showed yeah. I showed him the Infinity Wars, Wars oh, trailer yeah. and he was like at the very end, the first thing he said was, "Was that Guardians of the Galaxy?" Yeah. Like nothing else, nothing about like yeah. Thanos or Iron Man in his iron yeah. suit. Like it was just like, "Was that Guardians of the Galaxy?" Like well, the tree. Like I noticed the tree. Like, yeah. Like, Guardian- yeah, you've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You've never seen Thor. You've done, like, I you never seen. seen I, I finally saw ah. Guardians of the Galaxy like a few weeks ago, and then I'm watching the movie. And I'm like, wait, I thought the tree was small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Like, what is going on right now? So this man, this man is not one for the MCU. Well, it's it's kind of like when I went like every year we'd see Harry Potter around Thanksgiving when we go visit family, and like after a while I'm just like, which Harry Potter am I on? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Someone tell me what's going on right now. I I'm lost. Well, and I mean the the biggest criticism that you see from a lot of film critics is like, oh, another superhero movie, another yeah. superhero movie. But it's interesting because I think that they are superhero movies are trying to diversify themselves. You look at something like yeah. Ant Man, which is like a heist film. Like you, if it wasn't the superhero element, it would be categorized as a heist that, film. Yeah, and it's like you have all you just happens to have this action, super adventure, suit, mystery, yeah. horror. You know, the New Mutants this year is coming yeah. out. Um, now that what. Disney and Fox, uh, Disney has absorbed Fox, yeah. so we're going to just get this like this, more yeah. epic uh, universe that's developing. But yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, I'm not, exactly. I'm not sure. I'm not. I, I'm loving. It, it's lasted longer than I thought it would. I feel like, and it's getting yeah. And and people are asking the question: Is is Infinity Wars going to be the swan song of the superhero yeah. franchise? Well, I asked myself, like, with Infinity Wars, like, how many movies do I have to watch in order for this to make sense? To <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, exactly, no, for real, exactly. because... Uh, you have to watch all of them. Yeah, really, them. because... Because Easter eggs and little things yeah. that will make sense when it comes around, but... Well, yeah, no, like, uh, my ex-girlfriend, she had watched... Civil War came out on Netflix, so she watched it. Okay. And then she hit me up with, like, a bunch of questions, and I was like, I don't understand how, why you have these questions, like... And she's like, well... I never watched any other Marvel movie. And I'm like, what? She's like, I just want to see Spider-Man. <laughs> no, and that's oh, all. My I was goodness. like, you have to go. And she watched, She did. She, like, caught up and watched, like, yeah. all the movies. And then by the time she got to, like, Civil War, she's like, okay, now it makes sense. But there was, like, 15 movies before that hard, that you had yeah. to. It's a and you have to watch tapestry. It. Yeah. It's such a beautiful tapestry. Yeah. I'm, like, lost as hell with all that. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. I remember, like, seeing the... Which is the one? Is it? I don't know. Infinity Wars, where that the teenager Spider Man is in it with them. No, that's right? Captain America: Civil War. Okay, that, with that's the teenager we Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I see him swinging around. I'm like, because wait, came I up- just thought I saw a preview last week for his his own movie. Yeah, like, he has they his are own just movie. Cranking these yeah, things they're just, out, yeah. dude. Yes, they're that's just probably cranking them out. The best yeah. way to put it. And then <laughs> I remember, like, when I saw the preview for the Spider Man, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Wasn't it just last year they had a Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield? Yeah. Like, what? No, that was a long time ago. Man. And then someone's like, no, it's like 2012. I'm like, what the fuck? What year is it right now? What, yeah. what is yeah. happening right but now? But they, they do you crank blink, a lot. Yeah, yeah, you blink and you miss yeah. like, yeah. massive like story plots. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind of essential. Like, for example, spoiler alert, like, you know th- you know who Thor is, right? St- uh, I don't- Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, armor. Right. He has short hair and doesn't have an eye anymore. 
Yeah. <laughs> I knew, just FYI. I knew he did, I knew he didn't have, familiar. You're going to see him with an eye patch. I knew he didn't like, have long hair. Yeah. I knew he didn't have long hair, and my first thought was, did something happen in the movie where they cut his hair, or in real life he just decided to have a haircut, and they just, like, wrote that in <laughs> the real with it? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that'll be one of those fun things. Yeah. What, what are some other just, like, crazy stuff where you blink and it's, um, and it's just totally changed? I feel like there's a couple other movies that are sort of made... If you don't watch that movie, it's just a huge leap to yeah. try and understand what's going on. So it's kind of hard with the it's superhero. The, it's yeah. just a huge conglomerate the of whole, like all these different franchises that funnel into one yeah. thing. That <laughs> mega all of mega them. universe. Yeah. And, it's just, and they make like a billion dollars off every single one of the movies. So it's like, they're just like racking in the cash. Victor, yeah. if I'm still around in Chicago, let's go see Infinity Wars. I know you won't <laughs> I understand half watch of it, like but 15 <laughs> movies before <laughs> I get we'll, we'll binge Wars. watch beforehand. We'll, we'll get in our Marvel fix and we'll yeah. go watch Infinity Wars. There was, um, oh, there was a movie that I told him that he'd be like, you ever see the movie Sleepers? Have you no, heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. I, I tell him, like, dude, you like it's kind of like a little bit creepy, but it's like really, really good. And he's like, no. Like, no. Like, no, I'm not gonna watch it. Like, dude, I'm t- like, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You said it was good. Like, maybe you can watch Sleepers, New York City. Yeah. And he's like, no. I'm like, why? He's like, I watch movies for visual effects. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know you fucking love Marvel. I get it. Like, if I wanted a story, I would read a book. <laughs> and I tell him, I was like, dude, you were just telling me last week that you need to get into books more because you thought that movies would be a good substitute. Uh, for books, yeah. for stories, which is true, but like, just give this one a shot. <laughs> just give this one. And then the other, Sorry. and then the other day too, I was telling him I was watching some World War Two movie, and he's like, "No, I don't do, I don't like period pieces. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't like them. I'm like whatever." And I'm watching the movie Allied on TV. Uh. Oh, it was Fury. I watched Fury, and yeah. then I watched Allied. And I was like, "Oh man, this is good. Like maybe Rick's will." <laughs> Nah, nah I'm not going to mention this to Rick. You're, you're damn right. Like I'm glad you didn't interrupt I my time with, with that. Yeah, I love period pieces too. Yeah. And good. whenever, whenever I'm, if this is, I love books, but this this probably makes me not look like I don't like books. When I'm ever at a bookstore and I pick up a book, I'm like, oh, this looks sweet. And then I see like, the little thing in the corner. Now a motion picture. I'm like, oh, whatever. I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That is kind of true. That actually is true. Yeah, I'm like, oh, sweet. I well, just watching it. I mean, <laughs> we were just talking about the quality of, like, books and stuff like that. And, and yeah, I don't know. There's something about where, I mean, we they have the capability to, to, to have a great story and great animation in any sort of movie, right? There's yeah. no reason why I should be spending it. And this is just my opinion. There's no reason why I should be spending any time watching a movie that has subpar animation <laughs> and a great story. Give me great animation and a great story because <laughs> there are all. more than enough out there. And you know what? I will substitute the storyline for the animation. I will. I will. I will. Yeah. I will take that just because you know what? There are plenty of books out there that give you a great, solid story. Like if yeah. you, you want to go on a journey and you want to get attached to characters, read a book. Like that's my attitude. Yeah. But for movies, they're they're fleeting. Like entertain me, entertain my eyes. Yeah. Right. Well, like my I eyes want to see something pretty. I've never met anyone. That seen a movie and read a book and was like, yeah, movie was better. It's always, always like, oh, the book was yeah, way better. Because you gotta read the There's better. that, there's that attachment yeah. element for sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's two things they have to sacrifice for whatever reason. Uh, they just can't translate it into the. Dude, the studio always the gets involved. There's movie. always that corporate aspect yeah. to it that just ruins any sort of creative like 
co- uh, consistency between yeah. the book and the movie. And it's just well, I, I I forgot who it was, but there was an interview with this director, and uh, they had asked like, "What's the biggest like misconception with directing or movie making?" He's like, "The biggest misconception is people think I have more power than I actually do." It's like I've had friends hit me up like. Hey, just saw the trailer. It looks amazing. And I didn't even know we had a trailer out yet. <laughs> they didn't even tell trailers. me. <laughs> they, literally, they send the film as it goes off to um, to an ad agency or whatever without any sort of direction. And they just compile whatever footage looks cool into yeah. into a storyline. Sometimes they spoil the movie. Sometimes they don't. Like, they they give off an impression that the movie's about something that's not actually that's about. Actually, but yeah. it's like, yeah, the director doesn't have any control yeah. over like, well, what gets presented. In, uh, in Blade Runner 2049... There's just this huge, as much as like a new Blade Runner movie is coming out, like Harrison Ford's super attached to that story from the yeah. 80s. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. watching the movie, I'm watching the movie for like an hour and a half, and then Harrison, uh, Harrison Ford comes on screen, and I'm like, dude, I, I completely forgot he was in this movie. <laughs> like, so much time yeah. goes by, and he's in the movie, he's got maybe like maybe 20 minutes of <laughs> Really? And Blade Runner 2049, like Ryan Gosling, and Harrison Ford! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the Chewie and Han uh, yeah. uh, cameo yeah. in Star Wars. Like, oh my goodness. But yeah, dude, <laughs> oh, I and love he's dead. Andy's dead. That was fun. Just, let's wrap up all of Harrison Ford's role. Indiana Jones, let's kill him off. Let's <laughs> let's kill off Blade Runner. Let's kill off uh, Han, Solo. Han Solo. Yep, yeah. we'll, we'll end his career like uh, like Hugh Jackman. And <laughs> well, after well exactly. the first Star Wars, or the seventh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the one that came out a couple of years ago, like Harrison Ford and you see Carrie Fisher and I, my first thought was like, mm. damn, mm-hmm. these guys are old. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys wow. are old. They sound old, too. It's just, yeah. you can hear the age. In you can hear they're, like, tired yeah. of acting. <laughs> tired of acting. <laughs> oh, for, or even, like, uh, uh, Fisher, like, her as Princess Leia in the old movies is like, oh, my gosh, she's smoking. Yeah. And then you see her, she's older, and I'm like, wow, she's <laughs> old. <laughs> well, I was telling Rick yeah. that yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, I've, I watch a lot of, uh, episodes of the Twilight Zone from the 60s uh, mm. and I'm watching these episodes and I'm like damn who is this actress she's yeah. so <laughs> she's hot. Hot. Yeah. and I'm like oh she's either dead or like 90 years old right yeah. now it's like, I wonder uh, if she ever did any nude scenes uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait 87 years old oh no, nope so close that window crap <laughs> or um yeah like some of the rock stars from like the 60s and 70s yeah. like, damn they're super hot and then it's like oh <laughs> Time was not on the side. <laughs> Time and drugs, most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, drugs, absolutely. Um, what do you think that you... Well, I know you said that you like comedy, but you're not... That's not, like, your go-to thing in improv, obviously, you not really, but the acting thing, like, so what is it that you want to accomplish your, for yourself now that the acting lab is done, like, between now and June, let's say. I that's a months. variation of that question. What are your nope. hopes for the future? Nope. Okay, no, let's take a variation. Mine's Answer way more yeah. specific. <laughs> mine, okay, mine, no, because what are, your hopes, what, are your, for. what are your hopes for the future? I'd love to be living in L.A. I'd love to eventually, like, get Do to a point where, like, yeah, I don't okay, have to ask, we'll be asked to audition. I'd love it. But, yeah. like, okay, in the more micro like sense, the more realistic, yeah. like, in the immediate future sense. I felt like that's intertwined. But whatever, man. Just steal my thunder. I'm going to steal the thunder. Until you watch the movies I recommend. <laughs> <laughs> yourself. Okay. Um, like, from here to, like, June, I would like to at least do one one kind of production at all, whether it's a play or, like, some kind of, like, a web series yeah. or, like, anything that, like, it's just, like, some kind of a production. I'd like to do at least one, maybe two, just to kind of add to the resume of 
something that's not Second City. Right, that's what I'm yeah. thinking, <laughs> Oh, really? Okay, so branching outside. Yeah. Do you feel like Second City's kind of, like, sort of its own sphere, and you gotta, like, get outside of there to get yeah. any yeah. sort of, like, traction I feel like, else? yeah, like, we're... Really? Because I felt like, I mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but, no, like, no. I thought that, um... When people talk about Second City, it's like, oh, getting the foothold in, like, the wider community. But is it, like, just a training ground, kind of? No, I, I, I feel like when people see Second City on a resume, they're like, all right, well, he's that's credible. Like, yeah. it's Second City. Like, yeah. But I also feel like when you're in the Second City, like, mold, you're, like, in this bubble of just doing stuff that pertains to Second City. Okay. Unless you, like, go out of your way to, like, I feel like nobody really comes here to look for talent. Because they assume they're already a part of Second City. They're probably pretty they're legit. They don't need me to go find them. Interesting. I feel like you have to go your own way and be like, oh, no, actually, I don't want to just be a Second City. I, mean, I want to do other things. Okay, so That's people what don't, I feel like, like, yeah. try and recruit at Second City. Not that I like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, there are people, people share stories like, like our show that we did, Sabotage, um, there were people that showed up there. And one of our instructors who was in the show... Um, uh, talent agent saw him and asked them asked him to audition and now he has representation from them so like people will come here just to check it out yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah and you hear so much about people getting their start at second city most most people who went to snl and everything yeah. like yeah, that yeah, but it's like but it's like anything like you don't want to you don't want to have a resume filled with only one thing and yeah. the same people over and over you want to have a variation yeah i'll for sure do stuff here okay. but like that i don't want to i don't want to get myself stuck like only doing things only, here, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, like any other career field, right? The more variety of experiences, yeah. the yeah. more capable because I, you I can I feel, be I don't know if it's true, but I feel like if somebody sees that you've just done this one with this one theater, they're probably thinking like, yeah, well, something why like, is he only doing stuff with yeah, these people? With my resume, yeah. I Like, for going into ministry, I definitely didn't keep it in one area. It was just as many areas as I could possibly think. And, it, yeah, it seemed to be more visually appealing. Yeah. The diversity so, okay, he's like, yeah, make himself young. Are, are you on backstage? I am. So, I got this. I signed up for backstage. I So, I went what out there. What is backstage, by the way? It's like an online, like, 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 like it's a, like a, it's like the actor version of linkedin kind yeah of. so like oh, on backstage okay. you have a profile like nationally got, known yeah it's been around for six, almost yeah, 60 like years super yeah, super so credible yeah, people okay. can post like uh castings or we got a script yeah. that we need this for like you can post anything on there and what's crazy is you can apply like it takes like a click of a button and then they receive they all your, your information headshot your yeah. resume like it's, it makes it super super easy but yeah so so I I did like the actors access and then I just like all right I gotta do backstage because backstage is like just like just like you said like sixty years everybody knows about backstage, so I go to like sign up for the subscription, and it says, uh, twelve fifty a month slash one forty nine ninety five annually. So I was thinking like all right twelve fifty a month, dope I can I can pay twelve dollars fifty cents a month, click put on information done, I go to like buy something the next day. And I check my account, and I have, like, no money, and I'm like, what happened? And they just – I didn't understand that it was literally $149 <laughs> all at once. But if you break it down monthly, you'd only be paying 12 Like, that, that was their way of, like, oh, no, we just want to, like – the exact same thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, no, we were just trying to show you, like, oh, no. if you buy the year as a whole, it only equals the 12 a month. But technically, no, we take $149 oh, all at once. Yeah. And I was like, well – 
Fuck uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I understood that better. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Learning but things. So how did you how did you deal with that? Like, what was, was like, what was your response? Did you have to call him up or something? So yeah. So I emailed him and I'm like, listen, I don't know if I misunderstood what this said. But you know, I thought it was twelve fifty a month, and then my account says this. Did I mess something up? Did you guys mess something up? And they're like, "No, sorry for misunderstanding." That's just like our our advertising tactic to break it down monthly to show you like how little you'd be spending a month. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, and "They're like, would you like to like revoke it, or you like to like cancel it?" And I was like, uh, "Like we'll let you keep." So I, I like I kept a month of it. Okay. And then I was like, "Yeah, after this month, just." cancel it until I have 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you can actually spend yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy that it's like, oh, yeah, no, I can do monthly. Like, yeah. that's cool. That's so weird that they would do that. Yeah. But yeah. that's for backstage. We got another one. We got another one. fell right. for it. <laughs> so what, what are the perks of backstage? So I just, like, um, so, like, with the subscription, you can, like, you can submit, like, Unlimited amount of like headshots and See if film. I can bring it up while we're doing yeah, like this. you can like unlimited amount of clips or or uh, oh like, of your like of yourself. So is that just like any sort of acting field or is yeah. that specific? Okay, so they have like they'll post like music videos on the, there. The coolest thing too is like you can filter what the yeah. things come up. So like what what I have is is and you can label them different things. So I have like Chicago. So I have like things. My parameters like don't show me anything outside of you know. 30, 35 miles of my radius because you put in your zip code. Um, show me things that are only paid. Show me things that are... Like um, age group. Like, like leave yeah. like okay. leave out like goofy shit where it's like we need someone to dress up as a fucking Ninja Turtle for yeah. this thing. Yeah. Like, so you can fine-tune it to what you, um, what you want. But it's very, very interesting and it's a very great tool yeah, and it, it's to like, use. It's like... Um, if I had the 150 bucks, I would have been like, yeah, totally keep it. I mean, I didn't want to pay that, but I would have. Like, are there immediate benefits, or is it, like, yeah, the no, overtime the, kind of thing of, like, do you see no, job what, offers? No, what you got to do, do you is see, you like, got to be tedious with it. Like, like, yeah. you got to cast a wide net. So like, it's you got to like, apply to a bunch of stuff. If you're going to be a YouTuber, like, you got to go all in, like, with the backstage thing. It's yeah. like, you got you got to make sure that you're on top of it, you're constantly yeah, sort like of Yeah, like, every single day, pretty much. yesterday, I applied, or a few days ago, I applied to... Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. To several different things. And I got like one reply back, like, confirmation, we've received your information, we'll let you know if we are interested in you. And another saying, like, hey, here's the script, we're interested in you, do a self tape and send it back to us. And if we're interested after that, we'll contact you again. So half the time, you never hear back. That's just the way yeah, it, yeah. it works. Okay. So it's, you just got to kind of go through, see if it's something that fits your look or that you're interested in, apply, apply, and just like, just like anything with. Even if you didn't have backstage, you just got to go audition after audition after yeah. audition after audition after audition. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. There's this guy I met when I was on the when I was working on Empire, uh, who was also an extra, and he's like, "Yeah, I've done a few national commercials," and they're like, "Oh, really?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I've I've done about maybe four or five of them." They're like, "Oh man, what's that like?" I'm like, "Oh, it was cool." Like, "Well, how did you do? How did you get to that?" And they said, "Imagine." And what do you say? <laughs> he said, "Imagine applying to like." 500 things auditioning you know for I think said imagine doing like 500 auditions getting called back twice <laughs> and getting booked for one <laughs> like, that's, yeah, yeah. Like, that's like the joke he made yeah. like it's just you gotta cast a wide net and just it's a numbers game work the law of averages hmm. cause eventually you do it enough times like 
it will you will get booked. Yeah. It's hard, you know? man. I feel like selling yourself is probably one of the most like soul draining things that a person yeah. can do, or just giving yeah, up. Like, well, that's honestly part of the reason why I kind of started to stray from stand up was I started to see. I mean, the legitimate hard work the stand-up comedians do. Like, sometimes they're performing three, four times a night in just different clubs. They yeah. finish the set, they get in their car, they drive to the next club, they do another six minutes, they get in, And, like, just every seven days a week sometimes. And I'm like, I just don't have it in me to do that. Like, I, I love stand-up. I don't know if I have it in me to, like, pursue it like that. Yeah. To, like, because that's dedication. Give man. your yeah. blood, sweat, and tears, yeah. you know, to the grave kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, and, I mean, do you feel like that that's sort of necessary, or do you feel, because, I don't know, for me, I, I always think about, you know, my track of ministry, it's like, well, how do you get sort of advanced in your career in the sense of, like, being an influencer, right? Yeah. Like, you want to be somebody who's known, somebody who's respected, somebody who's looked to, I felt like, in the comedy world, yeah. the same as any sort of oh, industry. Oh, yeah, definitely. And for me, it was like, well, you know, you can do the grunt work, but you have to know the right people you know kind of thing is like to move up and as much as you sort of expose yourself and like go out on a limb and like talk with people and stuff like that if you're not talking to the right people then sort of you're just running on the hamster wheel right yeah Yeah. exactly and so i don't know how similar it is when it comes to like how uh how concerned you are about like finding the right people to talk to versus just like doing what you want to do and sort of expecting some something positive to happen just out of the the regular routine that i think a lot of people i feel like the uh like the networking yourself is a big part of it of like introducing yourself to like like um i forgot who it was somebody i was talking to was telling me like you when i was doing stand-up like you should introduce introduce yourself to everybody and that's in the club whether it's the bartender or like you just let everybody know who you are just because you never know yeah and I, i don't not that I'm not a friendly person. I mean, I, I'm. I can talk to anybody, really. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? <laughs> Do you consider yourself? I, I'm. I'm probably more of an introvert. I see you as an introvert. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm yeah. right there. All so, right, yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, like, if I have to communicate, I will for sure. I can do it. I'm not one to like go out of my way to like start shaking hands and making <laughs> yeah. buddies and like yeah. I. I always just try to bank on if I'm good somebody will notice it yeah hopefully like that's that's the hope obviously it's not always the case i'm sure there's like millions of comedians actors anybody musicians who are like phenomenal that probably are way more talented than people that are getting paid to do it (laughs) they just didn't talk to the right person or didn't have the right opportunity yeah yeah so is that sort of i mean how do you balance that between like the the sort of work that you're planning on putting into I'm assuming pursuing stand-up, like, yeah. continuing, like, going down that path and, but into film career and versus, like, sort of hoping along that path you do enough things and enough variety, you'll meet some people who are able to, like, carry you up on, on your way. Like, what's the tension there? Um, I think, like, I've, 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 I think I'm have to, like, let go of my ego a lot or, like, I'll do anything you guys want me to do. Huh. Like, if you want me to sit tables here at this comedy club, then, yeah, I'll sit people at this table, but let me... A mutuality yeah. in the sort of willingness to, to, to yeah. be a servant with the expectation, with the expectation that, that I'm going to get something out of it. Yeah. We are part of the ride. Yeah. yeah. And and in hopes that along the line, somebody's going to come in this place that is worth something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I might make an impression on. Well, I think that's a beautiful thing, too, because when it comes down to it, people who who take that sort of humble servant mentality tend, yeah. tend to be the t- best type of uh, role models because yeah. they're one of, like... Hey, you know, just be you, you know, be, be an authentic, good person and try your hardest. And that, you know, that should be able yeah. to like 
help you rise to the top. And we, you know, you being somebody who's actually practicing that right now, yeah. like when you get to that point of helping other people up in the same way, it's like, yeah, you know, you feel, feed the cycle. It's a very positive cycle. Even uh, on that, when I did the audition today, they had me fill out a little questionnaire, and at the bottom it said, if you don't get cast, would you be willing to help out the production in any way? Like in parentheses, like like passing out flyers and things like that. And I was like, I can't put no here because I feel like that's an automatic death sentence. But <laughs> <laughs> right. <to> yes. Yeah. <laughs> even, yep, even if it's imaginary. But I mean, you don't know. You could be passing out flyers to a talent agent who's yeah. like, you don't happen to be an actor, yeah. are you? Uh, yeah. Because like, um, yeah. Chris Pratt was living in Hawaii as a waiter when a director casting agent had saw him and inquired, like, hey, would you want to come back to L.A. and do a movie? Yeah, that's amazing. So, like, you have no idea. What? Yeah. That's, like, the dream scenario, though. Don't like, bank on yeah, just someone. Yeah. It's, not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's service, service without expectation, right? It's like you're, you're going to be, you're going to be of service. You're going to, like, be a genuine person with, like, the acknowledgement that, yeah, cool stuff like that happens, but without the expectation that, <laughs> yeah. in fact, it will happen. It's like, yeah, there are going to be 99.9% more shitty days than there are, like, yeah. awesome days where <laughs> that pays off, but that 0.1% is, like, what it takes to get you to that next so level. Then, yeah, exactly. Because it happens so rarely, right? You know, these national stars that we see right now, it's like, yeah. a lot of them have had that experience of that 0.1%. It can happen to, to anyone yeah. who sort of, you know, is willing to, to let it happen. Especially, I love, I love watching or, like, listening to clips of, like, uh, of, of stories that, like, well, it's cool to hear stuff like Chris Pratt because that's amazing. But more ones where they're, like, I was I was freaking dead broke, like, sleeping on somebody's couch. Yeah. Like, I had nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you see him now and you're, like, what? Like, and then you kind of, like all right, well, it's not so bad. Like, yeah, I am broke right now and I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> but you know what? He was at that point too, so that doesn't mean I can't do it. Yeah. Hardly I think too, those are the better stories where um, where someone's been grinding it out for 15 or 20 years yeah. as opposed to like someone who's like 17 and yeah. became famous when by the time they were like 14. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and don't really know what it's what like. What it's like they, to struggle. Yeah. have like struggle or have these immense pressures. Yeah. Yeah, because they've never had that kind of like like that kind of I mean everybody has stress but their stress is a different stress it's like yeah. mm-hmm. I would happily take that stress opposed to my everyday stress of yeah. like well and I mean just to add the factor of like the instant fame attitude too where it's yeah. like I mean any any douche with a camera can become instantly famous yeah. if they post it at the right mo- moment on like YouTube or Facebook or whatever like, yeah and so there's gotta be a little bit of envy in that like well I I've always asked myself if if I were to win the lottery, would I still want to be an actor or a comedian? Like, would that would that urge still be yeah. there? Because now technically, there's not like a monetary need mm-hmm. or like a like I'm set really. You know, if, as long as I'm not an idiot for life. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, would that do I love it enough to still want to pursue that, or would I be like, I'm good now? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I need to make ends meet and just enjoy life, yeah. kind of thing. So, what do you, really, what, what's your answer? I feel, like I, I feel like I would still. I feel like I would at least still try. Maybe not as hard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe grease the wheels a little yeah. bit and make it a Like, oh, uh, I tried. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think if you just, like, win, like, say, $100 million, and then you just go do all this shit, like, travel the world, do whatever. It's like, yeah. that, after a while, will get tired. Yeah. For sure. Maybe. Well, then, well, like, well, like the thing, too, is... Stuff like stuff like backstage or like all these other auditions, things like that. 
it would be easier to not have to work a full-time job and just be able to focus on this. Yeah. So, yeah, like, if I had, like, $100 million, I'd be like, well, sweet. Now I don't have to focus on anything else mm-hmm. but doing what I love doing or trying to do what I love doing. And then, like, I feel like it might even push you a little more because then that stress of bills and, like, having to go to a job you hate and, like, doing all that would kind of hopefully help you focus. Like, eh, yeah. I got money. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I feel like that proves the true worth of a individual, right? Like, are yeah. you able to work without the incentive? Yeah. And it's like, if you are, then yeah, you're loving what you're doing. You're, you're yeah. in the right place. And yeah, that's a great philosophy to have. So hopefully when you become a, a billionaire, yeah. you'll, uh, <laughs> you'll still be acting and, and doing stand-up and be in filmography at that yeah. point in time. So that'll be, so what, where are we at? I don't know. I'm. You, I'm you, got, you got anything else? I don't have anything else. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to? Yeah, man. No, any, I, any any secrets you want to reveal? No, that I mean, final... <laughs> oh my god, we're at yeah, we're going ten minutes. Yeah, I can't believe that. That's one of our longest. Episodes. No, I mean, I just honestly, I like. Ever since I was telling you, well, Victor told us that twins had that show. He said, told us like, yeah, the twin uh, Greg and Mike were on the show. You guys should listen. So I started listening to that show. And from that point on, I just kept listening. And like I love the show, dude. It's awesome. Nice. Like it's we uh, it's great. We, we try and after every episode, so we just kind of gauge, see where we are in terms of like downloads and and everything. And and there's for the last few months, there have been consistently five people, or maybe one person, just downloading five episodes. I don't know. Like, no, like Spain. Russia, the Netherlands, <laughs> Australia, yeah. Mexico. What? So, like, and we do this just because we have fun doing yeah, it. You know, we, sure. we don't have any expectations. We're not trying to make any money off of this, though that would be pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. Like, we just do it because it's fun. And yeah. we just have something to go back and listen to. Um, and, like, and going, like, with acting or stand-up, like, if you just do it without any expectations because you love it, like, yeah, it sucks because sometimes, like, one of us will be in the middle of a nap and, like, no, we have to do an episode today. It's like, well, this sucks. Yeah. Okay, you do it. But if you just, like, keep doing it, eventually, you know, I think monetary game will come or you can turn something into a business or whatever the case is. But yeah. you just got to have to be crazy enough to just have a passion for it where – that what you're grinding out to somebody else would be like that's fucking insane i would yeah. never do that oh, but you sure. love it so much that like that's not you're not thinking about that yeah and that that's what um that was the difference between stand-up and acting with me was i never i never dreaded acting or doing a scene or going to class there was times when i had to write for stand-up and i'm like i just don't want to do this dude yeah. i don't want to do it but then like once you get up there and you get a couple of like yeah that was worth it but the grind of it was like ah, do i love it enough yeah. To keep doing it. Yeah. We're like, this is just fun. This is just, like, fun to do. Like like you said, it'd be awesome to, like, get paid to do it or, you know, enough listeners where, like, yeah. it's a serious thing. But until you get to that point, it's just like, well, I'm just having a good time. And I think those are the best shows. Those are the, the best ones. When, yeah. you're just, when you're just BSing and just having fun and just, like. You can totally tell because I'm, I'm a podcast listener. So, I, I you know, I are you, do you listen to podcasts at all? Or I do. It, I, every once in a while I do. Yeah. Yeah. But the ones I listen to always have sort of advertisements, and, and they run yeah. off of the advertising. You can tell you can tell the difference between people who sort of have a passion for what they're doing, and others who are sort of part of the corporate system who are just you just know do, doing yeah. it because the ad revenue comes in. They have a lot of uh, listeners and all that. But yeah, I mean, and that's I think the difference too in doing something like this is we're at what sixty one now. Is it this 60? is number sixty one. Yeah. This is yeah. sixty one now. And we started back in June third was the June very 3rd. first podcast yeah, episode crazy. that went out. And and doing like 
basically, I, we've only missed one we've or two. About, we've done about twice a week, every week, with the exception of a couple times where we're like, one of us is out of town. Two or three weeks where but we have between June had... 3rd and the end of the year, we did 55. We did 55 episodes. And I, I'll, I'll be honest and say that there haven't been times where I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, there's no one listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. We have maybe yeah. five or six people yeah. who yeah. listen to our podcast. Like, what the fuck are we doing? But then we actually get to meet. We actually get to talk. And it's just, for me, like, I love it because it's cathartic. It, yeah. It's a chance to be able to, yeah. be, like, say what's on my mind. Problem now is that some of my family members listen, oh, so I can't yeah. be as, like, uncensored as I yeah. <laughs> have been in the past, yeah. which is kind of, I love the fact that your parents and your family does not listen to the podcast, because no. you can just say whatever I just say whatever you want. I want. Yeah. And so, for me, there's that barrier, so that makes it a little difficult, but still, you know, having that, I would like to think, and I, this helps me practice the idea that there's nothing that I would say in this, like, circle of, yeah. like, confidentiality that I wouldn't say to somebody else, right? So, yeah. anything that I say... Any language that I use, accept it. Like because yeah. that's part of who I am. So, yeah, so, yeah. But doing it because you love it, you know. I think that's the that's the only reason that that I'm still doing it is because I have a good time doing it. I'm not expecting financial gain. I'm not expecting you know uh, success, fame, fame yeah. or anything like that. Which is fine. I mean, like it's it's good for my soul. It's good for my spirit. Yeah. And and it's it's fun. You know, yeah. it's, you can, it gives you can, me a story to tell. Yeah, right? exactly. And you can tell when people are happy. Like you said, you can tell when when whether it's a podcast or a show or an interview, you can tell when people are legitimately having fun. Like that's why the reason why I like that that comedians in cars getting coffee because it it seems like it's just two friends yeah. just like joking around and like just BSing. Or like on the Tonight Show, you can tell like. This guy's just, he's got a movie coming out, so yeah. he's here because he's got to sell this movie. And he's under contract. Yeah. He's in this chair. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Jimmy Fallon probably doesn't even give a fuck, like, like uh, what he has yeah. to say. They're just going through the motions. Yep. Yeah, but you can tell, like, like with it, you're just having fun, just BSing. Yeah. And it's fun to listen to. That's life, good. life is meant to be a journey. Let's enjoy it. When I um when I told people about our podcast, when we were doing the lab, and I, like, sent out a link one time, I said, like, <laughs> hey, Mike and Greg, we're on it. Like, I remember a few days went by. I, I remember, like, you and Jess have said, like, oh, I listen to this episode. I'm like, okay, cool. And But in the back of my head, I was like, all right, why the fuck aren't any of you <laughs> telling, me, telling me how great this podcast is right now? Leave a review in iTunes. Are we going to have a problem? <laughs> you should have said it again, like, I don't know if you guys missed this or not, but uh, I fucking said a podcast link. So. Well, it's funny because, like, I saw this meme on, um, on Instagram the other day. Or it wasn't necessarily a meme, but it was a screen shot and uh someone had posted it and this guy commented on his own uh photo but it was really great because he was saying how hey guys um i noticed how i have 300 followers but i haven't been getting 300 likes on my instagram Instagram post and he says like and he says like and as a result i created a spreadsheet with all my followers and for those who go like two times in a row without liking a photo you are automatically highlighted in red if there is a third instance where you do not like a photo you will receive an in-person <laughs> consultation or something goofy like something like real that's goofy awesome. like that but that's what i think too because like i tell people what's the what's the uh, phrase you can't be a prophet in your own land yeah i asked my sister like a few so when she was in in the country i'm like have you been listening to my podcast she's like no yeah like, what the fuck but, yeah I talk to my neighbors, clap like you, Jess, are the only people who've listened to it, and the people that you tell, like, don't 
end up being consistent supporters yeah. of your work. Well, and I'm just like, I'm gonna at this point in time, I'm gonna guys. I'm gonna give a shout out to my sister. Because oh yeah, you know your sister. She, for, she was yeah. She listens on She's, a regular basis, which is weird. Thank you, Lizzie. Yeah. yeah. And so she <laughs> and his mother too. Thank was, you, Mrs. Like, Thorsell. Sponsored by SMT. Yeah. <laughs> sponsored by SMT Architects in Lombard, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> In Lombard, <laughs> Illinois. And so, so my sister, she she texts me back, and this is a recent feedback, but she's like, I was driving with my boyfriend to Colorado, and we were listening to about 15 minutes, and my boyfriend got bored, and so we stopped listening. And I was <laughs> like, well, cool, you know, cool. Like, you know, it, I forget exactly. It was more useful feedback than yeah. that, for example, but it was like, you're not exactly talking to was, the mainstream audience. It was, like, yeah. well, was it the okay, one where, where you texted me, and I, I didn't I text, text you, you back yeah, until like right. two days later? <laughs> This actually, because you know what, family, family. If you're willing, family can be one of the most honest, yes. you know, like yeah, assessors sure. of your yeah. state he, of being. He says this. He says he says to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, feedback from my sister. So suggestion for your last video, we we called it Reefer Madness. <laughs> when you're listening to it, people are going to tune out because they're going to feel like it was a Rick Roll. Oh, here's an eye catching podcast, but you only hear about it. 30 minutes after talking about you know all their stuff yeah i think it should have been split into two different episodes and he texts me that what his sister texts him and i didn't really know what to say yeah. so then i just texted like a smart ass comment yeah. back like good thing people have the happy. free will of utilizing fast forward <laughs> so here's here's the response after that and i said okay thanks for the feedback i'll pass it on to victor yeah. and she responds i'd kevin listen to it her boyfriend um since we're going to colorado and i was like oh kevin listen to this and he did so and he got bored within five minutes because it wasn't what he expected. Hey, if you don't like our show, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Which is totally fine. I mean, I will take that attitude, too, where it's like we're being ourselves. If you don't like it, whatever. Don't listen. Yeah, you have cool. the option. It's, it's cool. It's a free yeah. country, right? Like, we're not really making any money off of no, this. So cool. we're, we're not getting anything out of this. So yeah. listen if you want. Don't listen yeah. if you don't want. If you're entertained, whatever. But, like, getting feedback like that, like, what do you do with stuff where you're – it's sort of this – weird feedback that wants you to conform to something that's not quite yourself and maybe I don't know it's, it's that weird thing and I don't know yeah. if there's that instance in comedy where it's like oh well wouldn't it be funny if you were like the you know the loser boyfriend or something <laughs> like that it's like you'd make a great loser boyfriend yeah. kind of thing it's like I don't know if there's that pressure to like conform to a particular type of well, I think also it's, a, it's just like confined. you don't have anything to lose when you're starting out yeah. like if you're let's say but that's the thing is that once you start getting like Oh, like for me, maybe maybe it was just me, but like to hear that my sister is listening on a daily basis, like oh, we have a consistent audience member. That's I awesome. want to be able to respond to yes. to feedback there and yeah. do do so in a way that's like I acknowledge your feedback and I also acknowledge you know like a core you know there's some there's always some validity in criticism. Maybe it's not the criticism that's actually you actually get, yeah. but there's some core like something going on that's worth looking at it, Yes, right? I agree. So, even if it's something for the extent that we know what the fuck we're going to talk about before we actually start talking, yeah. it could be something well, as simple as that, but, you know, but yeah. it's like, what do you do with that sort of middle-of-the-road feedback, feedback that's yeah. like, someone, I, I shared it with someone, they got bored listening to it, and, <laughs> you know, you're done. It's like, I went to a comedy club, I didn't really find anything funny, I didn't yeah. want to laugh, but he was fine. Yeah, but he, had a, he had a good stage presence. Yeah. And a response. Well, I do want to let you know, and you too, Lizzie, I did digest <laughs> the feedback. I didn't just completely dismiss it. Yeah. I did think no, about because I, I, I thought to myself, like, well, that's how it is most of the time. Like, our titles have nothing to do with usually the, fifth, the first 15 or 30 minutes of whatever it is. It's just whatever comes to mind. Sometimes it barely even Hence relates. Hence the stream of thought. Yeah. Like, yes, it even barely relates with yeah. the title. And then, too, like, yeah... 
we could chop things up into different episodes, but at the same time, we don't want to have an episode that's like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. We had that one that was like 34 minutes that was our shortest episode ever, but also, like you just said, it's a stream of thought. It's just one thing after another, one thing yeah. after another without any, like, game plan, so to speak. And well, it's like, too, the acknowledgement, we're not trying to, like, hoodwink anyone out oh, there no. by, like, name it. We're just trying to be funny, right? Yes. So. Well, no, I, th- I think it's fun that it has that kind of randomness to it where, like, Start out with, like last episode. Started out with his headphones. His whole gray attire. Yeah, that was all. And then it went into like this like deep conversation of like culture, and I'm like, what? That is hilarious. That's awesome. Man, you really did listen to our episode. Wow. Yeah. It was funny too because when we were talking about the headphones. Like, in the back of my head, I was thinking, like, this is very, like, Seinfeld, talking about something yeah, so stupid. That, like, and then you would warn me I thought to myself a little bit, too, too like, who's going to listen to this? And then, like, five seconds later, I got tired of talking about something. All right, we're done. No, we're, yeah, done. Yeah. we're, we're talking about, about something. Yeah. Let's talk about my outfit. Yeah, we're walking. We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. I think that's... What's the deal? <laughs> what's, what's the deal with this color? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, like, trying to be as authentic to yourself as you possibly can, right? If you're not entertained, if you're not amused, then, like, you're obviously... Something's not... Well, the thing is, too, with me, at least in my perspective, and even when I started doing the stand-up stuff, is there's a million stand-up comedians, there's a million podcasts that are exactly the same. It's the one... That's just a little different, or has some kind of different aspect to it. That's the one that like people grasp onto, compared to like, oh yeah, but it sounds exactly like that. It sounds exactly like that. So I think it's you guys could easily go into like, well, this is how podcasts work. So we're gonna start doing it like this. Yeah, this, formula. This is how it right. should go. Yeah. This is all the the norm. But it's like, why? Like you guys are having fun doing it the way you're doing it, and it's whatever. Like it is so funny because I think that totally relates to the YouTube field. Like I, right now I manage a, a YouTube channel called the drywall doctor and it's up to also me. available on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Check us out. Um, <laughs> but so this is a channel that we started back in February of 2016 and it took us a year, a freaking year. We never did any advertising to get to a thousand subscribers. And so September of 2017, what, like four months ago, five months ago, and since then we've gotten like almost 3,000 more subscribers. And so oh, the, shit, the, yeah. the growth has been a- absolutely astronomical, but it's one of those things where, you know, we just, like, we did not expect anything from it. Yeah. It was just, we did it because it was like, I enjoyed doing it, he likes talking, like, kind of kind of the thing, but you can tell people who aren't doing it for the love of the passion whether they mention it or, like, offhandedly, especially on YouTube, you get to see people's, like, true yeah. personalities. And there will be a couple times, especially when people do live streams, those smaller channels, like, under yeah. a thousand subs, where, I don't know if you've ever checked out, like, channels on yeah. YouTube without, with, like, the, the small, yeah, like, small little yeah. channels just for, for just giggles see, or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll be, like... Um, they'll say something like, oh, you know, sub sub for sub, or, like, you know, you subscribe to me, I'll subscribe to you. Yeah. Or... Uh, just, like, I'm doing this to try and become famous and, and make money. Like, they don't say that directly, no, but, but it's yeah, inferred it's a, in, like, that's what they're trying in their to get consistency. To, yeah. and it's like, well, this is my this is my route to success, and I'm doing it because of the end goal, not because of the joy that I get in actually participating in the process of, like, making a video or something like that. Yeah. And that really differentiates, I think, the people who can really succeed and thrive in industry because they're doing what they're doing without the monetary gain at the outset. So it's like, well, yeah, I'm making peanuts right now, like, 
if I end up making it to that level and start making an income off of that, like, of then, yeah, course I'm going to appreciate yeah. that and, and love it that much more because, you know, I was doing it before for free. Before, yeah, exactly. That's like, it was, it's a passion. But the problem is, at what point do you sell out to the corporate interest, right? Because there's always yeah. that tension yeah, of, like, some, yeah. what do you sacrifice from yourself? It's like, where do you, like, box yourself in? Because when you're small and you're starting out, you have that freedom to yeah, just to do, do whatever, whatever you want. But what's yeah. so cool nowadays is that anybody, people don't necessarily need corporate backing to get themselves to the Crowdfunding next level. Crowdfunding is the level. next level, yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, a lot of the time, people, I mean, this is, for example, the day and age that we live in right now with podcasts and YouTube videos, like, people just do stuff on their own yeah. without the assistance of Do you see other that message people. on Podbean that we get all no. the time? Like, if you sign up for a crowdfunding oh, thing, yeah, I, if you yeah. have 8,000 listeners, yeah. 8,000 listeners, yeah. that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> love 8,000. And they all contributed a dollar a month, like, you'd be making $8,000 a month. Well, like, I was thinking, too, because cool. a, a lot of the... Well, a lot of the podcasts. I listen to three. Uh, Ours, Chris Hardwick, and Awards Chatter. And um, you can tell with some of the other podcasts that I listen to, they have their guests are actors, you know, Hollywood-type stuff that I like listening to. They have a very formal... You can feel the formality a little bit because the host is an employee. It's not the host's podcast. Whereas, like, Chris Hardwick, the Nerdist, that's his company. That is his his podcast. So it's, like, so much more just, like free-flowing and just chill and just say whatever the fuck you want yeah. and just swear or whatever. You do whatever you want. And yeah. a lot of the guests are like, oh, wow, this is, okay, this is, like, yeah, they're way cool. more yeah. relaxed. Yeah. Whereas the other one, it's like sitting down, okay, like, they have, like, an interview mentality as opposed to just, you like, make sure there are agents in the room, like, yeah. Yeah. make sure you don't drop any spoilers or yeah. anything like yeah, that. Yeah, make sure I don't say someone fucks my career. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, nope, the agent, you got to edit that out. Like, yeah. just cut it right now. Yeah. Well, one of them, oh, such, did you listen to the episode with uh, Bill Gates? And uh, some guy on Bill Gates' team was like, uh, hey, can we can we talk about this now? And Chris is like, Chris is like no, yeah, we're going to get to that. I asked this for a reason. We're going to come back. Around. Okay, yeah, no, well, it's just that he, he came to talk about this. And yeah. Bill is like a very like meek fellow. He's not going <laughs> to – he's just going to do whatever. Well, yeah. But this douchebag on his team was like trying to tell Chris Hardwick how he should do his Dude, own yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it – just, it pissed me off. Yeah, <laughs> I want to ask him about it someday when I meet him. <laughs> when you meet him, yeah. exactly. Someday when he'll be on our pa- podcast and we'll be on his. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. That's the goal. The yeah. crossover, yeah. like family guys. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. On an equal level too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, is there anything else? No, man. Just I, I appreciate it and I had fun, man. And thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming by. Until next time, everybody.